the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Okay, now we're working. Uh-huh. Do you go to the punishment room even before the show begins? Okay. Uh, it does. This is the first time in 20 years that someone has been in the punishment room prior to my saying hello. Sean missed. I, I, I know what button. I know what knob uh, he missed. 3C. You, you didn't push 3C. And uh, you should have asked me. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. You realize that the Ukrainians are described right now as winning? Is that correct? I mean, the, I mean, in the eastern region where the, the Russians, I was going to say Soviets, where the Russians had clearly... Uh, gained control, they are being ousted... Can you imagine if you were a Russian soldier? Think about it. You're, there's a chance that you will be maimed or killed. A serious chance. And exactly what are you fighting for? Was your beloved motherland, the Naroda, the nation, was it attacked? Do, does the average Russian have fantasies of reestablishing the Soviet Empire? See, when, when you have a really powerful reason for fighting, you fight. But if you don't, all you want to know is, what am I risking my life for? Ukrainians have a big reason to fight. Their country was attacked. They did nothing. I know there are those who say, well, they flirted with joining NATO. I, I, want, I, I, I did not push for Ukraine to join NATO, for, for the record. But do you not now understand why a country bordering on the, on the, on the, again, the Soviet Union, on Russia would want to join NATO? Do these people who mock the talk about Ukraine joining NATO, do they not understand that exactly what happened is the reason nations want to join NATO? (laughs) It's so interesting how people, the instinct in life is for people 
not to question themselves. He, but he, it's a great habit to get into. Gee, what is the weakness in what I just said? Is there one? Is there a rejoinder? So I flirted with danger. I, the Ukraine government, flirted with danger regarding Putin and Russia by even murmuring thoughts of joining NATO. Then I am attacked. My cities are bombed. Homes are bombed. Museums. We have the possibility of a nuclear reactor being bombed. Whole villages and, and, and towns are decimated. And then you wonder why I might have wanted to join NATO? You know that Sweden and Finland want to join NATO now? You know how amazing that is? Finland was a verb during the Cold War. We will Finlandize our country, meant that the country will be neutral in the Cold War. Sweden was more anti-American than anti-Soviet. And Sweden and Finland want to join NATO? Are they flirting with an invasion too? So, people don't make peace with the fact that there's evil. So they make up make-believe evils. Like the right wing in America. Like MAGA Republicans. It's a made-up evil. Made up. It's out of whole cloth. In the most uh, despicable speech given in American presidential history. It's amazing. We move on in news cycles. It's just fascinating. Almost anything can happen and people move on in the news cycle. What is it that impels a man like Putin to want to reestablish the Soviet Empire? I want you to know something that is never mentioned, and I know you know it, when I say it you will know it, but it's never mentioned. Nostalgia for the Soviet Union means nostalgia for genocide. Not only genocide, but most of the victims of the mass murder of the Soviet Union were Russians. How could you be nostalgic for the murder of tens of millions of your people. Do you know, it, to say it is sick is, is to understate the case. And yet, by the way, and yet, according to polls, a majority, that's right, a majority of Russians say that Stalin was the greatest world leader who ever lived. Many of these people probably had a relative murdered by Stalin. When I speak of the broken moral compass that pervades the world, this is as clear an example as, as could possibly be offered. 
Ah, the good old days under Stalin when they took away my uncle and worked him to death or tortured him to death. Well, worked to death is a torture to death. The good old days. <laughs> By the way, the ev- you know, I made up something a long time ago. Good old days is an acronym. God. It's a false god, good old days. Not always, not always. I, I speak of good old days in America, the days that I grew up with. Obviously, there were bad parts, and they need to be acknowledged. But the innocence that I grew up with as a child, that is now unavailable to most American children, who are, who are taught about oral sex in elementary school, it, it's... Yes, there were there were some good old days in the United States. It's not always a false god. It certainly is in the case of the Russians. So we have a problem, though. Putin, for his own survival, can't lose. So what what will he do in order to win? In that sense, the Ukrainians might lose if they win, and they might lose if they lose. It's a very difficult dilemma. But you've got to salute the Ukrainians. You have to salute them. They, they will not be the same for generations. There's no question Putin has forged the Ukrainian national identity stronger than any other possible event in Ukraine. People now die for their flag. That's a very big statement. There's no question that there is more patriotism per capita in Ukraine than in America. The left has taught a generation that the American flag represents imperialism, colonialism, and racism. The famous picture and sculpture of the Marines planting the American flag on Iwo Jima stirred Americans since it happened in the 19, what was it, 1945? Well, I wonder what, what gives a typical college-age American the chills. Star-Spangled Banner won't do it. Iwo Jima won't do it. The Washington Memorial won't do it. What does? I don't know the answer to that, but it's an important question. The Dennis Prager Show. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion. 
800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. I have a... uh, I see a picture in the New York Times magazine of this past Sunday, two days ago. It's a classroom. And there's a gigantic sign up in the classroom, very colorful. Each letter is a different color. It's got a picture of the globe and you know, not a picture. Yep, yeah, not a photo, a paint, you know, a drawing. And here are the words around the globe for the little kids. I don't know what age. It doesn't say what age. I hope you know the world is better because you are in it. Look. Is that awesome? <laughs> so, my dear friends, I can't think of a stupider sign. Unless your project is to create narcissists. And that is, look, leftism I've always regarded as a form of narcissism. I'm great. I'm terrific. I am not to blame. My parents are to blame. My school is to blame. Racism is to blame. Misogyny is to blame. Homophobia is to blame. I'm terrific. It's all rooted in in narcissism. But this is truly a great example I can't think of a stupider sign. I can think of equally stupid. I hope you know the world is better because you are in it. So I'm thinking, when I was in elementary school, was there an analogous statement? And the answer is no. It would have been, if one were to utilize these words when I grew up, It might have been more like, I hope you know that it's your obligation to leave the world a little bit better. That's very different, isn't it? Then you're better, the world is better because you're in it. What if the kid is an a-hole? Are there no such kids in any class or in that class? Is truly every kid in that class worthy of the spectacular compliment? By the way, in elementary school, the world is better because you're in it? And by the way, if they really believe that, wouldn't they want there to be a radical reduction in abortions? Since the world is better because of everyone who is in it? Wouldn't they want more people in it? This is not even a pro-life argument. It's an argument based on this sign. The mere existence of the human makes the world better. God, even I don't believe that. I think the world is made better if you make it better. It isn't made better because you're in it. There are a fair number of people who make the world worse. How about this for another side? Make sure you don't make the world worse. 
I wonder if anybody looking at this article in the New York Times magazine will comment on the sign. <laughs> oh, it struck me as so pathetic. It's like, it's really a big part of our problem. The narcissistic American, in the way they were raised by helicopter parents, constantly worried since the moronic movement in the 1970s, started by a Democratic state senator in California, John Vasconcelos, the self-esteem movement. This is part of the self-esteem movement. There's a big problem, though. Self-esteem needs to be earned. In my belief, everything needs to be earned. You will take out a student loan, go into massive debt, and, and then be taught that it will be erased. It's part of this narcissism. The lesson that has not been taught since World War II, so that's a long time ago, that is, let's see, almost 80 years ago. The lesson that has not been taught to vast numbers of American kids who are now, if they're baby boomers, in their 70s. The great lesson that has not been taught... I might do an Ultimate Issues Hour on this. You know what the great lesson that hasn't been taught? Can you guess? I mean, it's so it's so broad. There are so many lessons that haven't been taught. All of that is accurate. But the ultimate lesson for ultimate issues, they were not taught that life is hard. You and I talked about that yesterday. The abolishing of their loans, the wiping off their debt, was catastrophic for the character of these of these people. The lesson is... You don't have to navigate life's difficulties. We will do it for you. My Pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code Prager. I have an important guest to get to in a moment. Before that, I just want to remind people, especially in Southern California, that I'm giving a big talk for an important group on Thursday night, two nights from now, and that is the the Jewish Republican Alliance. 
yes, believe it or not, there are Jewish conservatives, and they are a, a wonderful bunch, and I have a, a, a wonderful talk to give to precisely such a group. Whether you're Jewish or not, you will you will love it. But if you know a young Jew in particular who's conservative, they might actually meet other young conservatives there, and that would be a uh, a big plus. The speech is got. Is it a banner or what does it have on? Uh, it's no banner. Sorry. It's uh, it's, it's just. Where's Dennis? You go to where's Dennis and cite it, it on the show. Or and cite it on the show. It's in both places. Yeah. Okay, on my website. There's a wonderful, relatively new newspaper out. One of the truly important voices at at this given time, the New York Sun, S-U-N. And I have the publisher, David Ifune, E-F-U-N-E, on Skype and audio and video. If you want to watch it, the Salem... Where is it? The Salem News Channel, correct? Yeah, you can see him. David Afune, that is a very great endeavor you have undertaken to, uh, and of all places, New York City, publish a conservative, meaning truth-telling newspaper. So were you visited by a, a, a spirit from the heavens? Did you, did you take a miracle pill? <laughs> what prompted you? Well, it's interesting, you know, you refer to The Sun as a new paper, but the truth is, The Sun was first founded in 1833. That's 18 years before The New York Times. It has a phenomenal history. In fact, a lot of what we know today or consider today to be par for the course in terms of how journalism is conducted was quite literally invented by The Sun. The Sun invented paper boys, news syndication, front page headlines, crime reporting, human interest stories. It really, and even, you know, just the basic concept of a newspaper as a mass market product. So, you know, we find ourselves in a very unusual environment when it comes to news media consumption in general. On the one hand, consumption and readership of news and interest in news is at an all time high. Yet trust in news is at an all-time low, and you know those numbers just keep getting lower. So for us to bring back a brand that has history, it has tradition, it has authority, it has gravitas, it's an all-American brand, it backed Lincoln during the Civil War, employed the first woman in American journalism, you know, it's that return to the tradition, the finest traditions of American journalism that we really feel is needed more than ever. And the response has been fantastic so far. Well, tell me about that response. How are you doing? Well, we're live in now the third iteration of the New York Sun, the third coming of the New York Sun, we call it, for a little over six months. And suffice it to say, we currently have over half a million uh, individuals uh, signed up to our email list. Uh, So that's been quite explosive and exciting growth. We hope that that trajectory will continue. And most importantly, those people who are receiving it and others who aren't yet receiving it have got to become members and subscribe. And that's how we're supported. And that will ensure that we continue to grow uh, well into the future. And where do people go? NewYorkSun.com? 
nysun.com. We didn't want to force people to spell out the word New York. Uh-huh. You just go to www.nysun.com. You'll see whatever email you click on, whatever article you click on, it will ask you to put in your email. You put your email in, and you'll start receiving two a day in the morning around 7 o'clock. The morning sun goes out, and then around 5 p.m. the evening sun goes out, and then we have a weekend edition on Saturdays and a culture edition on Sundays. I, I want you to know, and of course I want my audience to know, how often we use it on, on the program, by the way, which is the ultimate compliment because, of course, there are so many outlets out there. So the fact that we frequently use a New York Sun is a very big deal. Do you have... Right yeah, yeah. Uh, I would imagine it is. <laughs> it's great there, and thank you. Well, all I'm, right. I'm, I'm sure it's not an act of charity, though. So no, we, no, we, we do it because it's excellent. Attention. Well, that's what I wanted people to know. NYSun.com. David Afune will talk again, and congratulations and good luck. Thank you, Dennis. Stay in touch. Yes, indeed, will do. NYSunSUN.com. Uncle Tom 2 is the eye opening documentary everyone in America should see. Dennis Prager here, and Uncle Tom 2 offers a compelling and brave analysis of the true history of black America. The cultural shift from prosperity, integrity, and faith to its current perceived state of anger, discontent, and victimhood, Uncle Tom 2 offers historical footage, photos, correspondence, and data to reveal the genuine strides of black America in the 20th century, the deliberate Marxist strategy to create racial tension and replace God with government, the NAACP's sinister agenda, the fall of black Harlem, the truth behind Black Lives Matter, and the demoralization of America for political power. Don't miss Uncle Tom 2 from executive producer Larry Elder and director Justin Malone with Brandon Tatum, Vody Bacham, and Chad O. Jackson. Watch the movie on demand or buy the DVD now at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. I either said or wrote last year in fact, I've done it quite a, quite a few times, I suspect, that I believe that there are more race hoaxes of the N-word spelled somewhere, screamed out, nooses hanging to frighten and terrorize blacks. I think there are more hoaxes of that type at universities than there are actual racial racist events like that. I documented, I don't remember in my in the column that I wrote, I, I think I documented about a dozen, just that I know about. I don't, it's not, I'm not a researcher on the matter. And PolitiFact judged it false, not pants on fire, just false. So I wrote a piece, the PolitiFact is to fact what Pravda was to truth. Pravda means truth. PolitiFact is is not interested in truth. It's interested in furthering the cause of leftism, and truth is not a left-wing value. It's as simple as that. It's not a left-wing value. If it doesn't further the leftist cause, that is the question, not is it true. It's true. That's the reason they throw out labels. So, 
if I write, which I did last week, that women in America were disproportionately involved in destroying this country, damaging the country, that's the term I used, that's a better term, the que- they, they don't ask, is it true? They just say misogyny. See? That's a perfect example. They don't ask ever, is it true? If you believe that what is being done to little children in most public schools today and many private schools, you think it's good, then what I wrote is wrong. Women are disproportionately making America better by teaching kids about fellatio. It's a a beautiful thing in elementary school. And so it's a beautiful thing that they're taught that there are non-binary people, and they may be one of them. But if you think that this is damaging in the extreme, then, then women are, who are 92% of kindergarten teachers are doing a disproportionate amount of damage. And there's, there are many reasons. One of them is that in terms of graduate degrees right now, or even maybe just graduation from college, I just saw the, the statistic yesterday for every hundred men getting a, a degree are 143 women. 50% more women are brainwashed than men. So that alone is one of the explanations. It's going to be uh, fascinating. It's, we're really, really experimenting with the human race the left is. Because they found it boring that we had a a wonderful country. It's boring. Beethoven is boring. Freedom is boring. Making a business is boring. Changing the world. That's interesting. So there's a new a, a new hoax. There's uh, there are quite a few every year. The latest was at Duke University which was home to the infamous hoax about the lacrosse team raping a black woman. Also a hoax. I, I want to make clear why I believe there are so many race, race hoaxes, because there's so little racism. Jews did not make up any anti-Semitic hoaxes in Germany in the 1930s. They didn't have to. There was too much real anti-Semitism. We make them up here because there's so little racism. So you have to invent them. Also, it's the the hoax creator gets a lot of attention. And that's fun. So we have a woman on the Duke, was it volleyball? The Duke women's volleyball team Duke again another wasteland Duke another farce calling itself a university in terms of of commitment to truth and learning Prager University has a greater right to call itself a university than Yale does I mean that literally if commitment to truth and the opening of the mind are defining elements of a university, 
we have we have earned that title more than Yale has. Yale has given it up. I use Yale because it's it's vile. It's truly a wasteland. But so many are. Duke is headed in that direction. They have Yale envy. To paraphrase Freud, on another form of envy. So a, a, a black woman on the Duke volleyball team says that every time she went to serve, or I think that was a, yes, so a fan would scream the N-word at her. Okay? My instinct is I, that as soon as I would hear it, I didn't hear it until, I re- until the hoax was reported, but... Uh, my instinct was she's lying. I assumed she was lying as soon as I heard about it. Can you imagine somebody, it was at Brigham Young University, Mormon University. So can you imagine some fan screaming the word every time she went to serve and nothing happening? Can you, it's not conceivable. It's simply inconceivable. She's a liar. But lying on the left is not a sin. It's very important that, that people realize that lying is rewarded on the left. That's why they preoccupied themselves with Trump lies. Here, document thousands of lies, Washington Post. It, it uh, what is the word, channels the mind in directions away from the world of the lie that has always characterized the left since since Lenin. Okay, so she says this, and I want you to hear how the sheep, the left-wing sheep, which is redundant, all leftists are sheep, not all liberals. Liberals are weak, but they're not necessarily sheep. But all the left-wing sheep on the media. This is how they reported with zero evidence. Zero evidence. This is how they reported the claim by the Duke girl. A Duke volleyball player is speaking out after she and other black teammates were called racist slurs and threatened during a match against Brigham Young University on Friday. A volleyball match between Duke and Brigham Young University turned ugly after one Duke player was heckled with racist slurs. Racist slurs hurled at a Duke volleyball player during a match at Brigham Young. It's not just the abhorrent racist attacks that Rachel Richardson and her fellow African-American volleyball players endured. Richardson was not only called the N-word every time she served during a game against BYU, Mm -hmm. she was threatened and she said she was made to feel unsafe in a crowded gym. So here's my question. I used to be on Don Lemon somewhat frequently. And I would like to ask Don, when you said that, if we were to put you on a lie detector, would you have passed the test if the question that you had to answer was, do you believe what she said to be true? About six months ago, I would have said, I don't know. I, Dennis. I have now come to believe that left-wing liars 
often believe their lies. That he might have passed the, the test. Which, by the way, I find actually scarier. If you know you're lying, there is hope. If you don't know you're lying, there is no hope. Now, why did I assume she was lying? And he assumed, not only assumed, reported it as true. Well, reported what she said, to be precise. Why? There are answers. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here. So I just played for you the, I guess all of those hosts were CNN, which doesn't speak well for CNN, but it's irrelevant. ESPN, of course, did the same thing. Another group that has completely disgraced itself, sports writers. They were the panic mongers for the Washington Redskins to change their name. They were big ones on having BLM tattooed on the pitcher's mound. Yeah, remember that? Amazing how people forget. You know why people forget? They want to forget, and I don't blame them. Because you want to enjoy baseball and football and basketball. Hockey wasn't tainted as much. You want to enjoy the sports, so you, you, you forget the damage that they did to the country and all those sports the cowards at the head of Major League Baseball, the NFL, and the NBA. You can attack America, but you can't attack China. That is the great Talmudic phrase, those who are kind to the cruel be cruel to the kind. The left is kind to China and cruel to America. It's perfect. Every generation seems to fight the same battles. <laughs> Isn't that true? I mean, if that was written 2,000 years ago, 1,800 years ago in the Talmud, I think uh, there's a certain... You know why there's a repetition in every generation? Because human nature doesn't change. That's why I consider the Bible eternal. It's not rooted in any specific... Well, it is in two specific events, correct? at least the Old Testament, creation, and Exodus, and of course the New Testament in crucifixion and resurrection in addition. But otherwise, it's rooted in human nature. That doesn't change. John Hinderaker at Powerline reports, as far as I can tell, no one has apologized for the Duke lie. The godmother, who's a, a, a white hater, I mean, they have her tweets. The godmother of the goddaughter, who is reportedly the recipient of the N-word, screamed at her every time she served. A gigantic lie, a pure 100% lie, to the best of our human ability to know what is true and what is not true. And this woman hates whites, the godmother. But of course, you're taught in every university in this country, except perhaps Hillsdale and a few others, as I was taught. I was taught this at Columbia in the 70s. Blacks cannot be racist. It was one of the pieces of drivel that led me away from the left. 
it's it's a line of such colossal moral idiocy that how can you take the person who says that seriously? A black cannot be a racist. Is that comment not racist? Not to mention absurd? Anyway, a white-hating godmother made up the lie. It was reported, as you heard in that montage developed at Fox News, of CNN reporters. John Hinderaker, as far as I can tell, no one has apologized. Did anybody apologize, by the way? BYU might have. Well, they went along with it, yeah, yeah, they so but they investigated to their credit. BYU investigated and found it was didn't happen. Duke didn't apologize, nor the South Carolina coach. Do you know what the South Carolina coach of the women's of the women's uh, no volleyball team? Oh, that was basketball. They canceled a game against BYU. In basketball, because allegedly at BYU, someone used the N-word at a volleyball game. Oh, I got it. I got it. Let's invite the South Carolina coach onto the show. Folks, it is more likely that it will snow on the equator than that woman would come on my radio show. But it would be fun to invite her. What a fool. What a fool. This collective punishment is amazing. Even if it were true, let us say one fan screamed the N-word. So you will not play BYU in, in sports? The entire university is guilty? What a sick human being. What a despicable person the coach of the South Carolina women's basketball team is. I got a lot of South Carolina listeners. Make make your voice heard. Say, until she apologizes or South Carolina fires her, you will have nothing to do with South Carolina basketball. This is not a matter of a wayward fan. This is the coach. The University of South Carolina, is that what it is? Is that the University of South Carolina? Okay, employs this woman. She is this, the voice of their women's basketball. And she's a despicable voice. She's a moral fool. You want to make America better, South Carolina listeners? Fight. Ask that she be fired if she doesn't apologize. Even if there were such an event and it, and it didn't take place, she would be totally immoral in what she decided to do. I will punish an entire university, plus my own team, because they forfeited the game. Because of one fan? Wow. Of course, no apology from Duke. No apology from South Carolina. You know why? I wrote this 30 years ago. Being on the left means never having to say you're sorry. This is example number 10,000.
Hi, Dennis Prager here. So it turns out that this female volleyball player for Duke lied because her godmother made this charge and she supported it. Godmother is a black racist. And as she supported it, it turned out to be untrue. Another race hoax happen regularly on campuses in this country, and they're always backed by the administration because you cannot be a college president or a dean if you're not a coward. It's actually part of the application process. Give us examples of your cowardice so that we may consider you to be a college president. So listen to what Duke University, which is another disgrace to the word university. It was standing behind its players. In response, this is from the New York Sun, which I just had the publisher on last hour. In response to the BYU statement about the investigation, Duke University released its own saying it was standing behind the players. What does that even mean, standing behind the players? We continue to believe that the N-word was used? Is that what Duke is saying? So Duke is is now lying after the fact. That doesn't matter. Truth is not a left-wing value. The 18 members of the Duke University volleyball team are exceptionally strong women. Is that true? Every one of them is an exceptionally strong woman? This is this is classic leftist mumbo jumbo. This this overstated adjectives. Every member of the Duke volleyball women's volleyball team is an exceptionally strong woman. Anyway, what does that have to do with whether or not Duke should apologize? Is the black girl who said that she was called the N-word an exceptionally strong woman? Or is she a liar? Can you be a liar and exceptionally strong at the same time? At Duke you can. Who represent themselves, their families, and Duke University with the utmost integrity. So Duke is lying. Duke's lie is worse because they now know it's not true. And yet, how many conservatives ache to send their kids to Duke? It doesn't matter how venal the university gets. People will will spend their $70,000 to send their kid there. There is no moral accountability for college presidents. None. Their only accountability is how much dough did they bring in. That's the job of a college president anyway. This was said by the school's director of athletics, Nina King. They all have the utmost integrity. If any of them had any integrity, they would say, this is really a shame that we smeared BYU. That's what integrity would entail, Nina King. But I don't 
I don't believe that Mina King knows what integrity means. I don't mean this as an attack. It's an attack I acknowledge. I mean it as a statement of what seems to be factual. We unequivocally stand with and champion them, especially when their character is called into question. Why would anybody call the Duke women's volleyball team members' character into question? Because they're all going along with a hoax? Gee, (laughs) how silly of us. Duke Athletics believes in respect, equality, and inclusiveness, and we do not tolerate hate and bias. Uh, That is true. They do believe in equality, I don't know about respect, equality and inclusiveness. That's true. They don't believe in truth. That's correct. The words are very revealing. That's what they believe in, equality and inclusiveness. What does that even mean? So you're permitted to lie if you're black? That's what it means. Duke University says you can lie if you're black. Think if a white player had said that that they were called racial names by some black fan, they would have the same response? My dear friends, that is like asking, is it cold at the South Pole? We all know the answer. The South Carolina women's basketball coach is named Dawn Staley. She has not apologized to BYU or to the country for her support of a race hoax because she doesn't have to. You think the University of South Carolina is going to ask her to? She canceled games. She punished all of BYU and her own players for what one fan allegedly said but never said. With all the video and everything, 50 people were interviewed. Wouldn't you think other blacks would have heard it too? By the way, you think that there is any place in the United States at a basketball game where somebody could repeatedly yell out the N-word and, and whites not object? It's inconceivable. Let alone not report it, cover it up. What, what lessons are taught by these universities? It's okay to lie if it involves race. That's the lesson at the University of South Carolina if your kid goes there. It's okay to lie. These are anti-character lessons at our universities. Anti-character. What is her name? Dawn what? Staley. Staley. Yep. Mike in Ohio. Hello. Hey, Dennis Prager. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. You're a national treasure, a great American. I just thank you so much for your voice of clarity and truth. And one thing Jason Whitlock mentioned on Tucker Carlson last night was that this was a televised game. So there's so many cameras there mm-hmm. that this this would have been something that somebody would have seen, heard at least once, and there's zero evidence of it. So it's infuriating on so many levels. 
And I want to thank you for not only calling it out, but going on the offensive with this and, and asking your listeners in South Carolina, you know, to, to contact the, the, the university there and, uh, and to make a statement. And I think that's right. You know, that's I, the thing. I, 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 oh, it's so important. And, and I just want to say this, too. The, the thing, I think the reason why we're losing moral ground in America is because pastors are, and, and other, where are the other conservative university presidents coming out against this as well? You don't have, you don't see it in the in evangelical, hardly anywhere. That's right. Anybody speak out on this stuff. That's right. And until, until we get a backbone in the evangelical church, mm-hmm. you know, this is just, they, they're going, to, they're just going to never stop. You're a good man. You're a good man. Thank you. Well, look, I wrote a piece I've said frequently. The sheep-like behavior of churches and synagogues, all of them, even my dear friends in the Mormon church, and they are dear friends, special people, with a few evangelical exceptions and a handful of, you know, of Jewish exceptions, very small handful, the sheep-like behavior during the lockdowns, the fear of government, overwhelming fear of God, you wonder how deep is their faith. And I, I, I'm not even challenging it. I, I, it's just a wonder. If faith does not manifest itself in behavior, is there any faith there? If I believe it's going to rain, downpour, and I'm going to have to walk outside for 10 minutes, and I don't take an umbrella, then it's very hard to believe that I really believe it will rain. My behavior represents my disbelief it will rain. Unless you think I love walking in the rain, obviously. That that would be the one exception. If there's no outcry in a state like South Carolina, we're not talking New York or Oregon, South Carolina, and they shut up, whether it's church leaders or or political leaders, what this uh, women's basketball team coach did with the support of the university, a, a bet, a lie, a race hoax, We're okay with teaching lying is okay if it's done by a black. That's the lesson. Blacks can lie. Okay? That's the lesson. Dawn Staley, that's the lesson she is offering. Not only that, but we believe in collective punishment. Even if it were true, what this Dawn Staley did is disgusting. We won't play against BYU because one fan yelled a word, which he never yelled, by the way. They've apologized to the fan at BYU. You can lie if you're black. That is the lesson of Dawn Staley and the University of South Carolina and Duke University. Duke University stands by the integrity of its athletes. You know how racist that is? I don't mean anti-white racist, anti-black racist. To tell a group of people that we expect morally less from you than from others, do you know how damaging that is? 
That's why there are more and more black conservatives. They're sick of the left's view of them as moral inferiors. Whites can't lie. Asians can't lie. Hispanics can't lie. Blacks can lie. In fact, you're rewarded if you do. See my column from, I don't know, six months ago? PolitiFact is to fact what Pravda is to truth. I, I list about a dozen race hoaxes. This is an important subject, obviously. <sighs> South Carolina. The, in, the moral infection is un- universal in America. If it's a university, it doesn't matter where it's located. It's morally defective. Major way. Thank you for the Grand Canyon, and good luck with the apocalypse. Thank you for the Grand Canyon. That's a good one. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Third Hour Tuesday is the Ultimate Issues Hour. I could have named it the Pursuit of Wisdom Hour, but it wouldn't have been as appealing because wisdom doesn't mean a damn thing to many Americans. I, I mean that literally. I don't ever speak over the top. I know people who don't like me think I do, because if I don't use a preferred pronoun, I'm already over the top. But the the fact is, wisdom is not a big deal. Ask a young person... Do you value wisdom? And he won't know what you're talking about. He or she, the two pronouns that I believe in, he or she will not believe you. Or not, not excuse me, not, not believe you, not understand you. Anyway, that's what this program, this third hour of my program is about. Big issues of life. I don't know what impelled or compelled this subject. Do you know what compelled it? Because we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah, that, just, oh, we were talking about diet and all, any, anything that you... Oh, know. yes, that's right. That's what prompted it. Correct, diet. Yes, that's correct. Everything is hard. So the subject for today is everything is hard. That you can almost say along with a few other basic ideas, that that is the basis of wisdom. When you know that everything is hard, you are far better equipped to deal with life, far better equipped to have a good life, far better equipped to be happy. After World War II, the colossal error of the World War II generation, they had one overriding intention, and that was to make make life easy for their children since they had it so hard between World War II and the Depression. 
It is understandable. However, for the record, every stupid idea is understandable. Well, not every. Most. If it were not understandable, the notion that there is non-binary in the sexual arena in the human species, that's not understandable. I admit it. That is that is just it's understandable only if you wish to wreck your civilization, which they do. But that that's most most ideas that are wrong are understandable. Make life easy as possible for my child, for our children. That was understandable given the suffering of World War Two and the Depression. How many families got a visit from the armed forces group that would go to homes around the country to say your son was killed in Italy or Germany or France or Japan or no, not Japan specifically, the Pacific. A lot of a lot of parents. So they wanted things to be really easy for the baby boomers. And the baby boomers assumed that life would be easy, that the given is ease. This is a very big factor in leftism. The norm is ease. The exception is hard. And so we need to go with the norm, which is ease. The announcement by this president that if you have a student loan, in most cases, you won't have to pay it. This is the norm for the progressive Life should not be hard. We will make it as easy as possible by covering for you. The purpose of the state is to make life easy for you. That is its purpose. The purpose is not what it was founded to be, to ensure your freedom. And beyond that, the government should have almost no role in your life. It is now to ensure an easy life. So that easy, an easy life has become the norm. What prompted our discussion, that is the living martyr and myself, on this issue was food, as it happens. So, as I have mentioned on a a few occasions, not many, I fast every day, do intermittent fasting for health reasons. It has not had a particular impact on my weight, but I believe it's a healthy thing to do, and I find it not particularly difficult. If you get headaches or can't sleep or whatever, you shouldn't do it. But otherwise, I think it's a good thing, and it's not easy, but it goes under the label of 
more hard than easy, if you will. But this was specifically about sweets and how difficult it is to say no to dessert. And that's when we said, look, it's hard. Everything is hard. It's hard to write a book. It's hard to go to work every day. It's hard to do almost anything that is right. And that is not taught. This lesson has not been taught to the younger generations of the last three generations. Everything is hard. That is the built-in nature of life. 1-8 Prager 776. I bet a lot of you believe that life is hard and raised. we're raised to believe that. Because a lot of you are conservative. I think conservatives understand that life is hard better than people on the left who assume that if it is hard, uh, it is somebody's fault, whether it is a racist or a sexist or a homophobe or a xenophobe. It's somebody's fault if it's hard. It's not built in to life, but it is. That is part of the the fat acceptance group. It's hard for not everyone, but for many, to be relatively slim, or at least not particularly fat. Therefore, we will announce not life is hard, but rather we are going to feature you in Sports Illustrated just like anybody else. It's our announcement that you shouldn't have to face the fact that life is hard and you're just terrific the way you look. And I'm not a thin person, and I'm saying this, because I don't abandon truth in my in self-interest. 1-8 Prager 776. Did you raise your kids to know that life is hard? Or did you try to make it as easy as possible? If it's the latter, it's you're probably getting punished for it. I'm sorry to say. You meant well, but that doesn't mean a damn thing. The Dennis Prager Show. This is the ultimate issues hour, or as they'd say in Britain, issues. I'm Dennis Prager. It's the ultimate issues hour, as I said. And this one is the key to wisdom is to understand that life is hard. And here's an irony. Once you understand that, life gets easier. And if you don't know that life is hard, life is harder. It's sort of like, given an analogy, it's like bumps in the road, right? Which is a phrase we use anyway for things being difficult. 
So if you know that a certain street has bumps, you are far better prepared to navigate that street without pain than if you don't know there are bumps. Correct? It's a perfect analogy. Constant bumps. Parents wanted to, for two or three generations now, they have wanted to raise kids in a world to believe there are no bumps. And the entire progressive or left-wing attitude toward the individual and society and government is re- revolves around life should be as easy as possible for you. We'll take care of your children. We'll take care of your education. We'll take care of your medicine. You don't have to do anything. You just have to listen to us. And then there'll be no bumps. Freedom means bumps, my friends. Growing up means bumps. Self-reliance means bumps. 1-8-Prager-776 is the number to reach me. In Benville, Arkansas. Daniel, hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, uh, I have three grown children, and my wife and I uh, went to a resort in San Diego once, and uh, there was a reunion of Marine Iwo Jima veterans. And she walked up to uh, one of these gentlemen and said, oh, thank you for your service, like you know we always do. And he, and he with a straight face, like he had a prepared speech, said, do you have kids of your own? And she said, yeah, because our kids were like one, five, and eight. And he said, if you will teach your kids basic right and wrong and how fortunate they are to live here, you will do more than we ever did. And he was wounded twice. He was there on day one and all the way through day 30. So he had a lot of credibility in my mind. And uh, he said, we gave our kids everything they wanted because we didn't want them to go through what we went through. Mm-hmm. And they wrecked the country. He's talking about his own children. Right, exactly. So I thought, so I thought, I thought what, a, what a great lesson. Here he is, the person that actually went through what he went through compared to me. But he's telling me, if you teach your kids basic right and wrong, you will do more than I ever did. So there you go. It's an excellent story. I began lecturing at the age of 21. I have a very strange life. I acknowledge it. But that's when I began my public life. And I was speaking about social issues by my mid-twenties, and I remember speaking about this and looking at these people in the audience, all of whom were older than me, nearly all of whom, and many of whom could have been my parents in terms of chronology. And I said to them, you know, your motto has been, you're going to give us kids, your kids, Everything you didn't have. And I I guess I'm proud of myself. I, I came up with a really good line in my mid-20s. And, I, and then I said, the problem is, you didn't give us what you did have. And it was a good line. And that was exactly it. We got whatever they didn't have, right? We got all these goodies, All this easy life, they didn't get an easy life. But they didn't give us what they did have. 
all those wonderful values, the American and Judeo-Christian values that made America what it was. They grew up in a tougher world and they were better people because they knew life is tough. They wanted their kids not to believe life is tough. That's the root of our problem. When you know that life is hard, you accept that. This whole preoccupation with racism in America is a function of this problem. Life isn't hard. It's that there's that whites are racist. That's our problem. This is what a non-white would, would be led to think. Not to learn life is hard, but to learn whites are racist. Bad, bad idea. Uh, Sean in Georgia, hello. Good afternoon, Dennis. Hi. So I believe that it's, it's perfectly fine for parents to want their children to have a better life, an easier life than what we had, right? I've got five kids ranging in age from 14 to 20. Um, however, I think that we have to be very uh, intentional in how we set about providing that life for them or instructing them along the way to achieve an easier life. Um, things It's okay to give your children things as long as it's intentional in how they earn those things, um, you know, whether it's material things, um, you know, like our first vehicle, college tuition, things like that. Um, I, I think where most in my generation, you know, that have teenage high school and, and young college students, where my generation is messing up is handing them things without them earning it. Uh, yes. When I... When my children were of driving age, I helped them buy their first vehicle, but I did not pay for it 100% myself. Right. I met them halfway. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And thank you right. a lot. I'll hold on there. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.